Welcome back to another installment of Homily for the School Kids on a Thursday instead of a Wednesday. There was too much going on yesterday. There was a feast day. There was too much going on. <laughs> so uh, I chose to do it today. So in the first reading, uh, we have a great example of what evangelization is. Philip is inspired uh, and he, he goes from where he is to another place. He, it says an angel spoke to, to him. Um, and he decides that he's going to go on this journey that the angel sets him on. And then while he's there, he doesn't know why he's there, but he encounters uh, this Ethiopian uh, who is reading the scriptures. It says he, the Ethiopian had already come to Jerusalem to worship. So we would assume that he is already at least what we would call a God-fearer, someone who follows the Jewish religion, although is not fully converted to Judaism, or is Jewish. So this Ethiopian has come to Jerusalem to worship, and he's on his way returning home, and he's reading the prophet Isaiah. So by all accounts, this guy is a believer. He follows Yahweh, the God of Israel. Um, he kind of knows what's going on, except we find out that he doesn't know what's going on. He's reading in an attempt to learn, but is confused. He doesn't really understand what's happening. So Philip walks up to him and just says, hey, what you reading? And that leads to a conversion. Philip doesn't come out and start with, would you like to hear about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? He just asks him simply, what are you reading? And this sets up a, a conversation, which eventually leads to the Ethiopian desiring to be baptized after Philip shows him, well, what you're reading is actually talking about Jesus Christ. Uh, and he preaches to him the gospel of Jesus, and then the Ethiopian, on his own account, sees water, which I always wonder how much water they actually saw. Like, did they come upon the bay, like is outside of our window, or was it just kind of like a big puddle? I don't know, but uh, I would imagine it was a lake of some sort, possibly a river. But the Ethiopian is very excited. You know, what do I have to do? Can I be baptized right now? And Philip, of course, says, well, yes, absolutely. Um, so that is to say, we don't have to go out and necessarily talk about Jesus 24-7 to people. We don't have to always in school bring everything back to Jesus, unless you're in religion class when the answer is always Jesus. Um, but we can just have conversations with people about what they're doing, about how their life is going, and know that if the Lord wants it to, it will eventually lead to a conversation about him. And we never know the, uh, the result uh, of what that conversation might lead to. Now, if anyone, school children, listen up. If anyone ever asks you, well, there is some water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? You say, we have to go see Father Dan. That's what we have to do, okay? Just a little practical advice. Moving on to the gospel, we... Uh, see, Jesus, he's talking, again, he's continuing what we call the bread of life discourse in John chapter 6, which has been the past three days of Gospels, um, possibly four, but we didn't read it yesterday because it was a feast day. So he's talking today and he makes it very clear. First, he is sent from God above. That's it. I come from the Father. He's very clear about that. The Father has sent me. And because he has sent me, I will raise up those who believe in me on the last day. So he's talking about the resurrection of the body. 
But he's making it very clear that he comes from God. He was sent on a mission. The second thing that he makes very clear, almost painfully clear, is that he is going to leave us the Eucharist as his body and blood. He calls himself twice, well, either the bread of life or the living bread. Um, and he shows how in the Old Testament, the Israelites in the desert ate the manna or the bread from heaven. And then he says that he is the bread from heaven now. So it, he's drawing from the Old Testament to show that he is the fulfillment of the Old, um, of the Old Testament rather. And that it's not just enough for him to be the bread of life, but that we have to participate in that and we have to eat this bread. This bread, which he is very clear about, is his flesh for the life of the world. So unless we eat his flesh and drink his blood, we will not have the life that he promises to us. Um, and we understand this to be the Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ left for us uh, so that we may have strength to follow him on our journey towards heaven. So, how does that connect with the first reading? Well, we like to think that, um, well, let me rephrase that. <laughs> we know that by partaking in the sacraments, by staying close to not only the sacraments of reconciliation or confession, um, but also the, sacraments, uh, the sacrament of the Eucharist, that we are given grace and we are given the strength to go evangelize uh, wherever the Lord might call us. And so we don't have to worry, as I said, about necessarily talking about Jesus 24-7, but because of our proximity, our closeness, our frequency um, in partaking of the sacraments, we will have the grace to know when it's appropriate to tell someone about Jesus or whether it's appropriate to ask them how their life is going or what they're doing. Um, so as we continue in this time, or this Easter season, this joyful season of rejoicing, on our own, in our homes, uh, know that I'm continuing to pray for you and your families and uh, just hope that you can still stay positive and hopeful uh, in this time while we still wait to be reunited in church and in school. <laughs>